Hello, thank you for joining me today. I'm looking forward to sharing some exciting information from the Word of God today, and prayerfully the Lord will use this to bless your heart. I want to show you the connection between God's two amazing bodies of witness that He has ordained to take the gospel message, the message of Yeshua Christ, the Messiah, throughout the world. The two institutions of witness, those two institutions, of course, are the nation of Israel, as God chose them, ordained them, and used them to bring the word of God, to bring the prophecies of God, to bring the prophets of God, to declare the coming of the Messiah to the world. That institution, that body, and then, of course, the institution or the body of the church itself for these last 2,000 years declared as the body of Christ, with Jesus being, of course, the head, the cornerstone, and with being declared as the building blocks that are making up and building this holy temple unto the Lord. Of course, the church is also called the spiritual Israel in Romans chapter 11. We were we who are Gentiles, we who are not Jews, were grafted into the olive tree, the Bible says, or in other words, into the nation of Israel. So the two institutions, the two bodies of witness that God has used from the beginning, the nation of Israel, and, of course, given through the church. Now, let me draw this astounding connection. So, we go to Acts chapter 2, and most of the listeners today will know and remember that it's in Acts chapter 2 where we discover the birth of the church, the birthday of the church. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Now, when the day of Pentecost came, that's important, that's an important Jewish feast day, and it was on this feast day, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And by the way, the day of Pentecost falls on a Sunday. The Levitical prescription in Leviticus chapter 23 prescribes that Pentecost be celebrated on the first day after the first Sabbath, after a counting down of seven weeks, after the Feast of first fruits. Well, the first day after the first Sabbath, that, that first day is always a Sunday. So it was on a Sunday that the day of Pentecost came in Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place, the Bible says. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were then filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, some people ask, what were these other tongues? How did that happen? Well, the Bible answers that for us. It says, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because, now listen to this, each one heard them speaking in his own language. That's what the original gift of tongues was. That's what the Bible plainly declares. In his own language, each one of those God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, they heard this. Verse 7, Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men, they were speaking of the disciples, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? In other words, farmers and fishermen and common folks without any uh, theological education. Verse 8, Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? There it is declared for the second time. Verse 9, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, uh, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, 
we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. There it is for the third time. So that's what we know happened at Pentecost. The church was born. The Holy Spirit was given. There was visible evidence, something that appeared to be like tongues of fire that settled over the heads of each one who were there that day. That was a visible evidence. And then there was the the audible evidence, the sounding of a mighty rushing wind. As a matter of fact, all of this that was happening was so incredible that people throughout the streets of Jerusalem heard it. They rushed to the area to find out what was going on. And when they arrived, they saw this group of 120 people who were meeting for worship. They saw them on fire for God. They saw and observed that they were indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. They were proclaiming the wonders of God. And a lot of these people that were there were from various parts of the Roman Empire and from around the world, speaking various languages. Yet Peter got up on that day and proclaimed the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I don't imagine he proclaimed it in 12 different languages. I imagine he proclaimed it in Aramaic. But as he did three different times, the scripture says, we heard the wonders of God proclaimed in our own native language. So so there was a miraculous movement of God, something that only God could do. This speaking in tongues, this understanding in tongues, this hearing in tongues was not something that man could conjure up. It was not some trick, but rather it was an absolute miracle from heaven to prove that the anointing of God was on them. So this is what happened at Pentecost. Of course, we know as we continue to read through the, through the book of Acts, we continue to read in chapter 2 particularly that Peter, as he's preaching, the people are convicted. The crowds that have gathered are convicted, and they cry out to him, how then can we be saved? In fact, it's in verse 37, the Bible says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say in verse 41, Those who accepted the message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their numbers. All right, now that's exciting, and most students of the Word know everything that I just said. The church was born on Pentecost. It was born by the giving of the Holy Spirit of God. At the giving of the Holy Spirit of God, these people, the church, this institution, this body, was separated unto God to be witnesses of the gospel, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ throughout the earth until the Lord returned. This was the great commission that Jesus gave just before he ascended into heaven to his disciples. You shall be my witnesses unto all the earth. And now the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit of God had come. Now the church was born. And the first thing that happened at the preaching of the gospel, 3,000 souls were added to the body of Christ. Now, keep all that information in mind as we now shift back to the book of Exodus. We start with chapter 19. And in chapter 19, the first couple of verses, here's what we read. In the third month... After the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Now we know what happens next. In that same same chapter, we discover, of course, that Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. By the way, the burning bush experience he had had some time before, before God sent him into Egypt to be their witness and their savior, if you will, the one who would lead them out, the burning bush experience was at the foot of Mount Sinai. 
And it was there, you can go back and read the scriptures, and it was there that God said, here is where you will bring the people, you will bring them to the foot of this mountain once you have delivered them. So Moses was obedient to God. He brought them right back to where he had met with God at the foot of Mount Sinai. And the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 19 that they were brought there in the third month after they left. On that very day is when they arrived. Now, we know the very day they left. Now, of course, we're dealing with different calendars, Hebrew calendars and the Greco-Roman calendar and thousands of years. So there can be variations in days. I'm not going to get into all the complicated mathematics of that. But the bottom line is we know the day they left. They left on the day of Passover. And so three months later to the very day, they arrive at the foot of Sinai. But it would be yet three days later because Moses goes up to the mountain and God says, prepare the people, consecrate them, because three days from now I will come down in their presence. They will see me, they will hear me, they will hear my voice, and I will speak to the people. And we know that that's exactly what happened. The million and a half or more people that had come out of Egypt were now camped around the foot of Mount Sinai, and the mountain was appeared to be on fire and covered in smoke, the Shekinah glory of God. Trumpets blew from the, from the heavens, the Bible declares. The voice of God came, and God said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. We go on and read in, in Exodus where the people begged Moses, please, and I'm going to paraphrase, but they basically said, please, tell God not to speak to us anymore. You be our representative. You go up to the mountain because his voice is is too much for us to bear. His commandments are too much for us to bear. But here's the point. Three months after Passover, that puts it right about the time of Pentecost. And as a matter of fact, to this day, Orthodox Jews, in celebrating Pentecost, the celebration of the harvest of the new grain, in celebrating that ancient feast of the Lord given to the ancient nation of Israel. To this day, the Orthodox Jews celebrate Pentecost by celebrating that that was the day that the law was given to Israel. That was the day that Israel was consecrated and set apart as a witness of God's glory to the nations and a witness that the Christ would come through them. So it was at Pentecost when Israel was born. How was Israel born? At the giving of the law. The giving of the law is what separated them apart from the world, what separated them apart from the nations. The giving of the law expressed God's heart and his mind, his desire for purity and separateness, his desire for holiness among his people. And it was at the giving of that law that the people of God, the Israelites, the Hebrews, were set apart unto God. And the institution or the body or the nation of Israel was born at Pentecost, at the giving of the law. Now come up 1,500 years from then, and what happens? The Christ does come. Jesus does come. The Word does become flesh. He does go to Calvary's cross. He does rise from the grave. He does ascend into heaven. The Holy Spirit does come upon those whom Jesus said, now you go wait in Jerusalem until the gift my Father has promised comes upon you. And it was on Pentecost, on a Sunday, when the church was born, not at the giving of the law, but now at the giving of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, who writes God's law on our hearts. Israel was born at the giving of the law. The church was born at the giving of the Spirit. They were both born on the same day, Pentecost. Now, you want to hear something even more astounding? In Exodus chapter 19 is where we read that they come to to Mount Sinai in the season of Pentecost. But it is in Exodus chapter 32 where we read that when Moses comes back down off the mountain, he discovers the building of the golden calf and the apostasy that is taking place. And on that day, God caused 3,000 
of the Israelites who were involved in this apostasy to die. But when the church was born, 1,500 years later, on Pentecost, at the giving of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 souls repented before God. And on that day, 3,000 people were added into the family of God. God certainly keeps accurate books, doesn't he? When we get to the book of Revelation in chapter 11, we hear an amazing thing stated about two witnesses in the last days who will testify to the world of God's glory. And Revelation chapter 11 declares this, and these two are the olive tree and the lampstand. Now, some eschatological scenarios have them as two specific men, and they even give names to these men. The purpose of my teaching today is not to get into eschatological scenarios, but just to deal with what God's Word says. In Romans chapter 11, we are told very distinctly and very clearly the olive tree is Israel. And in Revelation chapter 1, verse 20, the same book, in which Revelation 11 is found, we are told very clearly and very distinctly that the lampstand is the church. The olive tree, Israel. The lampstand, the church. And now we who are born again and who are under the blood of the real Passover lamb, the ultimate lamb of God, we are a part of spiritual Israel and the church. The two witnesses who have now become one. Paul says this is a great mystery. Jew and Gentile, the two have become one man. Now we stand before the earth declaring the glory of Jesus Christ. This has been a word for you from the Word of God by Pastor Carl Gallops.